Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Welcome back, Savvy Souls, to episode 96. So I was meeting with a group of women. We call ourselves a circle group. We're a circle of women who get together once a month. And we got to talking about how important nature is to each one of us. What a difference it makes in our lives. And this conversation started because I decided to share a story about talking to rocks, which then made me think I should share some of my thoughts about nature with you. This past several months, I've been spending hours every day communing with nature. It all started with my trip to Tuscany in Italy this spring, in the midst of me rushing to create a new group coaching program which had me pretty busy, kind of a frantic kind of busy. Then in Italy, I got pickpocketed and I returned home with a heavy dose of COVID. All of which slowed me down and gave me time to think. I thought about all the rushing around I'd been doing, the logical choices I'd been making, one decision after another since I'd moved here to the countryside in early 2020. When I moved here, we were just at the beginning of the lockdown for COVID, which continued for a long time. And during that period, I concentrated on building my online coaching program rather than offering the in-person events and retreats. I had planned to be my focus when I moved out here and I built a large studio and workshop space. Of course, during that period, I still spent lots of time on my property because I have three dogs to walk every day, including my daughter's pretty rambunctious poodle who lives with me. I hired a gardener, Linda, who's now also a good friend, and we would sit down, we would develop concepts together about the direction I wanted to take my property, what we wanted to create. Really, a lot of times, Linda would come up with the ideas and I would okay them. And then she'd set about doing the work, plus all the maintenance. In other words, I wasn't out there tending to the land with Linda. I wasn't getting my hands in the dirt. I wasn't really sinking into the nature around me. Not fully, not the way I'd anticipated when I bought this place. That's because I was so busy on my online coaching business. When I returned from Tuscany in June, and when I looked around my acreage, the tulips and peonies, irises in bloom, the grass green, the weather warm, my first thought was, I didn't need to go to Europe. It's as beautiful here as in Tuscany right now. I felt a bit of a sad sense of having missed out on a beautiful June week here, just so gorgeous. More importantly, I realized I'd generally been 
busy out here. I'd been missing out on the full potential of what exists when I'm immersed in nature. I was filled with a deep longing for nature, even though it was already here, right at my feet, right at my door. So I postponed the group program I'd been planning, and I started to get my hands dirty outside. I started to be a more active steward of my land, like I talked about here in an earlier episode. I devoted myself to the land, to the experience of it, to falling in love with it. I breathed in the earth. Since my property is on a hill and slants down to the lake, I get a clear view that reaches pretty far. I'd always know in the skies are amazing here. I couldn't help but notice that my kitchen faces due west and the sunsets every evening are spectacular. My iPhone was already filled with color-infused sunset photos, reds, purples, oranges, golds, every cloud shape. This summer, I prepared for the local art show I always participate in each fall. I gathered up my painting inventory and prepared my studio. My art's always been nature-inspired, but it's not landscapes. I'm not painting scenery, or I wasn't painting scenery. It's more nature-inspired, abstract, meditative reflections, symbolic rather than representative, rather than trying to be a picture of something. I think it was one day in August, I knew everything would change. Linda and I had created trails that crisscrossed over my meadows and through some small treed areas. And we'd set out some seating areas, basically some Adirondack chairs at various points on the trails where people could sit down and write or paint or reflect. One afternoon, I sat down at one of these spots, a spot that was elevated on a hill, and I could look down and all around me. That day, massive cumulus, that's really those big kind of fluffy clouds were suspended in air. So beautiful. I was filled then with the realization, I just want to paint the clouds. An urge rose up in me like a deep longing, almost a homesickness, like here's the thing I've been missing. Here's what I moved from the city out here for. Or at least this is definitely what's calling to me now. Like we talk about all the time, savvy souls, our lives aren't a unidirectional journey. We can think we're headed in one direction. It can be an enticing direction and find there's something even more enticing that shows up and asks us to turn a few degrees. So I said, yes, I'm going to paint the clouds. I've spent the last few months in the deep study of finding myself in the clouds because you can't paint something that doesn't have a piece of you in it. That's something I learned over the summer from my mentor, Gail Hill. So thank you for that, Gail. Especially if I'm painting landscapes, clouds, what I'm really looking for is the depth of beauty that connects us with who we are. This is what just being in nature does for us. If we stop to listen to what comes up for us, we can feel the resonance of our surroundings in us. For me, this cloud study, this deep and personal experiencing of the clouds, 
this feeling of me in them and them in me has been one of the most joyful times of my life. So why am I telling you all of this? Well, first, there's this secondary theme here I'd like you to notice, which was the fact that I was doing art I already loved, art that felt deeply connected to who I am and what I wanted for my viewer. I could be doing art like that and still decide, hey, I'm going to completely change it up. I'm going to do a totally different kind of art just because that's what's calling to me now. That's the best decision for me now. In other words, savvy souls, even when you've been making decisions that are for you and it feels like you're on your path, even then you can change direction. You can be on your path headed in one direction and that direction can change. You get to change direction anytime if something new becomes a better choice for you now. None of us ever needs to lock ourselves into something just because it seemed the best thing to do at one time, even if that one time was yesterday. You get to fully experience life and you do that by remaining open. That's been a really big thing for me this summer to re realize, not just that you can move from something that you don't like to something that you love, but that you get to change your mind at any time. You get to keep making the best decisions for you. But that's not my main point in this episode. My main point in this episode is to talk about our relationship with nature and why it's so important. So here's the thing. We are nature, us humans. We are part of the natural landscape. We know that because we're in it. We're really in it. We can feel it deep inside us. We can feel our oneness with the earth, our connection with the landscape. We can feel the common beingness that we share with all of the creatures around us and all the living beings, the trees and the plants. We can sense that connecting when we go outside at night, when we're in an area, especially outside the city where the stars don't compete with lampposts and city lights, and we can look up into the glittering skies and we can say, yes, this is it. We can feel the stardustness inside us. By the way, stardustness isn't just a metaphor. Science tells us we're actually made of stardust. Did you know that? When we look up, we see our sister stars whose light has taken millions of years to reach us. Isn't that an amazing thought? We feel the awe fill our bodies. We can experience the same connection when we encounter an ancient tree. In Canada, where I live, that means a tree that's maybe 200 years old. We can imagine what it was like for that tree as it grew up, what it saw. I've got saw like in quotes. I'm making quotes with my hands. What was happening around it? Were there people? Was it part of a forest? We can feel the awe of imagining the different generations of people. This tree that's alive right before us has experienced. It makes our own lives seem smaller and less important in a good way. We can put our hands on a tree and feel its energy. Sometimes we can even hear a tree's wisdom. If we listen closely, we can ask the tree questions and hear answers in our minds. 
much, much older than the trees or the rocks. I think a lot of us are secretly attracted to rocks, which brings me back to the conversation I was talking about at the beginning of this episode in that meeting with the circle of women that I meet with monthly and how I started off with a story about talking to rocks. I was talking in that conversation about three rocks in particular that I'd collected from a beach in Encinitas, California. I was talking about why I picked them and what they meant to me. I've always talked to rocks, even before I started to like the woo the way I do now, before I was spiritual. Even as a small child, I'd always just naturally talked to rocks and collected them when I traveled. I've always had particular rocks that seemed to call to me to take them home with me, to accompany forward, to remind me of some fundamental truths I need to know and remember. These particular rocks from Encinitas told me to focus on remembering mystery, to keep conquering my fears, and to seek wisdom. I don't want to make the podcast about that, so I'm not going to share why I could hear those messages, but I can share that with you sometime. I wasn't sure exactly why I'd felt compelled to share this story about these three rocks at this meeting. I had picked them up six years ago, but the reactions of most of the women was, yes, I collect rocks too. Yes, I feel them. Yes, specific rocks seem to call to me too. And this led us all into this discussion of our connection with nature and why it's so important to us we agreed that for each one of us, our connection to nature feels essential. We can talk about why logically, and we can talk about it poetically. Both ways of talking about it can only point us in the direction of the truth. The logical reason for our connection to nature as I see it is that it calms us down and expands our minds, and we can just experience that. If there's a day you're feeling shitty, your mind is swirling with the complexity of your problems, the things you can't control, the things you can't solve, the solutions you're trying to figure out, your anxieties about the future, your regrets about what you said at the party last night, all of that, you can just walk outside, you can go to a park, you can look up the sky, you can put your hands on a tree trunk, you can study a flower you will almost certainly feel your pulse slowing, your anxiety receding, your problems feeling less important. You can almost immediately feel an instantaneous relief. When you calm down like that, your mind is more open. It's more ready to receive. It has more space for new ideas to flow into. It's more creative. That's why I'd recommend journaling or writing in nature or with a clear view of nature. In that environment, your will, work will definitely flow better. The poetic reason is about the truth we encounter in nature, our feeling of oneness with everything when we slow down and we just feel the nature, our feeling of being a big part of a whole, part of something much greater than us, the beauty of nature evokes in us the sacredness of the planet and our understanding that we are part of that sacredness. 
In the words of a painter I follow on YouTube, his name is Ian Roberts. I'd suggest you look him up if you're into art. He said, we break the boundaries of our existence and remember our embodied potential. Which brings me back to my own study of the clouds. When I walk outside, all kinds of feelings and ideas well up in me. And so I record them on my cell phone. I'd like to share a few of those thoughts here, just to hopefully evoke in you a desire to seek out a more direct connection to nature yourself, if you're not already doing that. Here are some thoughts I recorded. The first one, my desire to paint the clouds, it's a desire to catch hold onto something transitory and beautiful in my heart and share that with others. That feeling of stunning beauty and great lightness, there's a part of me that wants to hold onto that and make it permanent. Another thought, the more I sink into the sky, the more beautiful I see it is and the more beautiful I become. Another thought, there's a big arc of dark clouds over my head, but right over the horizon, the edges of a cloud are lit like gold threads, gold stitching. Is this sense of it's dark here, but it's light over there that fills me with hope, with the comfort that the light will always shine somewhere. Another thought. I love it when the pattern of clouds mirrors the landscape below. There's a harmony between heaven and earth. There's a solidity of the ground and the ethereal movement of the sky. They mirror and reflect each other despite their differences. And the final thought I'm going to share, I've got hundreds of these, so I'm not going to keep going, is clouds are like other worlds frozen in the sky. The top of a cumulus cloud can be minus 40 degrees, yet the sun shines through that frozen cloud and right down here where I am on the earth with the green grass and the autumn colored trees. Clouds are the visible connection between worlds. So I hope you enjoyed those thoughts. I hope you go outside and feel the nature and maybe record some of your own thoughts. Enjoy some nature this week my friends, and see you next time. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.